to have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So on today's podcast, I have back on my friend Braden Forsyth. Uh, so like I said, Braden's been on the podcast before, and Braden is all in on archery and every facet of archery, improving his game and lately the mental side of things. So uh, he's been reading a bunch of books on human performance and. Uh, he mentions a bunch of them in the podcast. Make sure to write them down. They're great listens or great reads as I also enjoy this genre of books. It's like trying to get the most out of this life we have, trying to get the most out of ourselves and uh, the passions that we have. And so this is all about how it applies to bow hunting. Uh, we talk about uh, the mindset needed on a hunt. We talk about being clutch in these scenarios uh, where you really want to be at your best. We talk about being in flow state. So it just made for like this really enjoyable conversation, all the stuff that I'm super interested in and enjoy. Uh, so it was a great podcast, and I hope you guys enjoy it too. I want to thank our sponsors, Cryptech. Uh, Cryptech has put together the best clothing system that I've had for hunting the West. And so I've been using it the last handful of seasons, and they have... This great setup all the way from early season and the Sonora pants, the Sonoran hoodie, all the way to the late season with great insulating layers, uh, great waterproof fabrics. They use shoulder fabric, which is the superior fabric in breathability. Uh, just so impressed with this system. And I love the camo patterns as well. Been using the Obscura Transitional. And uh, blends in in all different habitats, in greens, in tans, pretty much every place I hunt. And as I look through photos, they just blend in so well. And I have buddies that have other camo patterns, and so I'm able to compare in different habitats. And that obscure transitional always blends in the best. And I think it gives me a real advantage out there bow hunting to be able to be still and not be seen by these ungulates. So great camo pattern, great system of clothing all the way from early season to late. So impressed by what Cryptech puts out there. So if you're in the market for some new gear, make sure to check them out over at Cryptech.com. I also want to thank Cutter Stabilizers. Uh, so my friend Earl Stroll started this company. It was a small company, but he really put all his products through this testing and development. He worked on all the connections to make sure they're super strong. They're a carbon fiber bar, and he also has a sidebar mount, which I think a sidebar really helps with the hold on Western game because a lot of our shots come at longer ranges. Uh, so he has a sidebar mount. Right now I'm using the 15-inch out front, the 12-inch in the back, and then he has one-ounce weights so you can add and subtract. And like I say, it really helps for a rock-solid hold and then also helps with the reaction of the bow. Uh, so I've been having some, um, like if I do miss, and this bow has been shooting so good for me, but if it misses the X, it seems to go high. And so what I'm doing is um, sticking an extra weight on the front or taking a weight off the back to try to help that reaction to get rid of those high misses out of my group. So uh, you can really mess with your bow and how it functions 
And I, I really think it makes such a difference on these Western hunts where your feet are uneven and your adrenaline spiking and, and your hold just isn't as still. This is going to slow it down a bit and be able to control a better shot. So uh, again, if you're in the market for any new stabilizers, make sure to check these out as these are the absolute top of the heap over there at Cutter. I also want to thank Black Ovis. Black Ovis is an internet retail shop that has absolutely everything you need for your next hunt. They have a knowledgeable staff that can answer all your questions. They have a bonus point system where one point equals one dollar and you get those back on purchases. And if you've got a big order for the off season, make sure to use our promo code. It'll save you 10% off your order. Just put in Elevated 10 in the Black Ovis site and uh, you can save a pile of cash. Also, make sure to check out Camo Fire. Camo Fire is an app where they have new deals that come up. In fact, 80 new deals every 24 hours. All kinds of different hunting gear and gadgets, top name brands. A lot of it's overstocked, really high quality gear. So uh, you can check that out at Camo Fire over at their app. Over at Eastman's, uh, you can check our Mule Deer course out that I did with Dan Picard and Guy Eastman. It's a video a uh, video course that walks you through a hundred different videos with multiple different chapters of everything I've learned hunting mule deer. It's a great price point. It's $99. And with the code, you can save 10%. Just put in the promo code BRIANMDC. Uh, makes it 90 bucks. It's sure to further your learning curve by years in just the couple weeks it takes to go through the course. So uh, make sure to check that out. Check out Eastman's Tag Hub. If you want a free subscription to Mountain Tough Fitness, you can put in the promo code BRIAN and uh, that'll get you a, a membership to Eastman's Tag Hub and then also get you that uh, membership to Mountain Tough Fitness, which is a great program. We really like those guys. I've really enjoyed doing it. And uh, it's helped with uh, my overall body, overall strength of my body, uh, which has really helped. And, and it's made my my running better. It's made my uh, my packing better. And so it's just going to make me a better bow hunter overall. So make sure to check those guys out. And uh, everything we do over there at Eastman's. I uh, got the Beyond the Grids, uh, which is the internet TV show, and then the magazines Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal, Eastman's Hunting Journal. And um, you can check out Dan and I's new podcast. Um, hopefully it'll be out by the time this is out or the following day. I think we're planning on this Friday if I can get all approval. So just working around the clock to get that thing released. I think we're going to release four episodes right off the bat. And it's just uh, an in-depth bow hunting podcast. Uh, but it's with um, uh, Dan Picard, which I have great chemistry with and a great back and forth with. And um, already I'm just blown away at the episodes we've been able to put together. We'll just offer it all for free for you guys. Put out one every couple weeks. So just go support us over on that feed. You can search Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal podcast and um, should pop up hopefully in the next day or so if I can get my work done. So uh, speaking of work, I better get back at it. Let's get into this podcast. It's a great one. It's with Braden Forsyth. I'm your host, Brian Barney. Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. You're like a regular pro. <laughs> Don't go that far. I'm, I'm faking it. I'm faking it till I make it, Brian. Yeah, that's like all of us. Fake it till you make it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. It's like um, uh, fake it till you make it, but it is like um, just figure it out. You know, it's like everybody has to right. do that in every field and everything you do in life. 
a hundred percent. It's uh, yeah. I mean, going, going into just like what we're going to talk about today and, and, you know, finishing books that I'm reading is, is there's that struggle portion, right? Mm-hmm. There sure is. It's like, um, yeah, human growth is, is key. Um, but yeah, I think it's like anything you do. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's construction or if it's writing for me or filming or podcasting for that matter. It's kind of like, just figure it out. And, um, being a bit lost is okay, right? It's like part of right. the journey. Right. That, that's part of the process, right? If you don't, if you're afraid to be, you know, if you're afraid to be new to something, you're afraid to not know something, you'll never learn anything. You're afraid to fail, you'll never learn anything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, stoked to get you back on the podcast. I've been meaning to do it for a while, but um, yeah, I love that like idea you came up with, with um, human performance and kind of reviewing some of these books and then like also uh, just things that we find inspiration in. And um, right. man, I think it'll make for an awesome conversation. No, I, I think so too. I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, the, the only thing... The only thing I'm concerned about is I, I just try to keep me on track as far as like <laughs> I've got so many rabbit holes that I'm going down right now with everything that uh, is just keeping me on track. And, and I tried not to drink too many cups of coffee today, so I didn't talk too fast. So Yeah, well, um, I did the opposite. I drank too much coffee. So, yeah, I'll be raring to go. <laughs> so, yeah, no, yeah, no worries. Um, I mean, I'm on cup two now, so I'll catch up. Yeah. Um, well, no, I think those rabbit holes are good, but yeah, I think we just, um, yeah, I think we just start and get chatting and, um, see where the conversation yeah. leads, man. But, um, yeah, stoked to have you back on. Uh, so yeah, we were talking the other day and, uh, you've really been working on human performance and on the mental side of things, which is, uh, so key to like anything we do in life. So, uh, what's the book that you just finished? So the one I, I literally just finished it uh, this morning actually um, is called the Art of Art of Impossible, um, and it's a uh, it's a book about flow state and it, it's 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 a very interesting book. Um, it's a very interesting book from the aspect of the flow state is is that state that we get into where we're completely present in that moment. We're, we're kind of that almost body experience where we're not thinking, we're just doing and things are just going, but it's this very in-depth book about it. So I find some irony in that is that there's just all this in-depth information on getting into a state where you're not using your, you know, you're not using that quote unquote prefrontal cortex or these parts of your brain. So it's very ironic to be reading a book about it. And then you're, 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 I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, well, how am I supposed to get into this flow state if I'm thinking about all these steps to get into this flow state, you know, but it's just you take a step back and you say, that's all the science behind it. Um, it's a bit the book. I, I, I call it chewy. It's a bit chewy. I mean, it gets it very, very in depth as far as the neuroscience, you know, the the, uh, the, the chemical reaction, neurochemicals and the chemical reactions in the parts of the brain. It gets very in depth in that. Um I always put it like uh, it kind of tells you how the sausage is made. And sometimes I just, you know, I just want to just give me the sausage. I don't need to know how it's made. But um, it's really interesting to kind of understand it. And 
where it actually comes from in our biology and our history and why our why our brains function the way they do in this and, and get us into this flow state because this flow state is is such a powerful state for us to be in as human beings you know um it's such a uh, it, it's such a like i said powerful state and get the ability to give us our peak performance right it's that feeling we all get that you kind of feel unstoppable nothing else matters just you have that one focused goal and and nothing else is really you're you're not even you're so present in that moment um that nothing else time doesn't matter um nothing really matters except the focus of that goal um you know kind of like you sent me sent me those talked about it the other day when you went when you went down the river and uh i mean there was there's you were you were much talking about being in that flow state in that state of like no idea what time it was no nothing mattered except finding what you were searching for right in that hunt and i think that applies to a lot of us in in hunting in the outdoors and things like that is is finding that state and uh we're always trying to find that state or at least i am that that's kind of my goal you know yeah man that's um a good description of it it um it is such a such a powerful tool and that's like when i used to explain why i loved hunting or why i loved fishing or trail running was just that like being in that present moment which you know was actually you know a lot of that is flow state but yeah it takes some um, conscious effort to get there and i think that flow state like when i think about it it does represent fishing and hunting to me when you are locked into that present moment you're you're not concerned with problems or issues in your life you're just living for the the right then and there and you're so focused i think that flow state is also like uh listening to your instincts when you're hunting is not out thinking yourself is um, you know you you definitely need um you know you, you need this strategy and you need to to come up with different theories and use your brain but when you're in the hunt and you're just reacting to the bugles and moving and stopping and you're you're just reacting to this situation and being in that present moment is such a beautiful thing and i think you know not only does it apply to fishing and hunting like definitely applies to like carpentry work for me once i get working yep. on carpentry and locked in uh yep. and, and for that matter that flow state is is trail running um but it it's also you know i can be in my own head while doing these activities and not get to that flow state so it's like great to have a book that lets you understand the mechanisms and understand what flow state is and understand how to get there and then to realize when you're in those situations to kind of let things go listen to your instincts and to me that's when i feel truly alive is when i'm in that that flow state of just enjoying the present moment right now and so locked in and passionate about what I'm doing that I'm just focused on killing that buck or bull or just focused on finding that next run and catching that that big trout that I'm after or whatever the case is. But man, that is um that is powerful just to, to understand how everything works. Yeah, and it's it really gets in depth to talking about, you know, micro flow states versus macro flow states being, you know, these small and I kind of, you know, like we talked about how I relate, you know, I, I 
I look at all these peak performance things and, 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 and that really intrigues me, but how do I relate that to what we do, right? Like how do I relate it to bow hunting and not just, not just hunting, obviously that the, the, the hunting portion of it is, is very important to us, but I think guys like us enjoy the processes as much as we do the actual hunts themselves. And it's finding those flow states in those processes. Like there's a micro flow state every time I shoot my bow, you know, every shot there, there's, I'm trying to find this micro, I'm not just going in to shoot arrows at a target, right? It's trying to find this micro flow state on every single shot and, and, and re and, and redo these mini processes, you know, the process is kind of the general idea they outline uh, in the book about the process of the flow state is there's, there's always a struggle portion in the beginning, which is our learning. That, that's our learning portion. That's our, you know, we struggle in that portion. That's where we're actually using a lot of our brain to learn something new um, and creativity and that kind of thing. And then it kind of gets into then you, once you, once you learn that, then you kind of get into that flow state and then there's a recovery phase, right? Then, then you, you, you come down from that flow and you recover and you reevaluate and you go back through the struggle phase for a portion. And, you know, when I, when I'm working on my shooting, you know, just in my basement, just this morning shooting my bow in my basement, you know, there's a, there's a piece of my shot process that I'm always trying to work on. Well, that can be considered a struggle phase, right? Like how I'm operating my release or what, you know, where I'm at mentally or the, those kind of things. And then before I can find that flow, flow state of, of each shot and it's not every shot you find it, but then there's those good, those shots that just everything feels right. And to me, that's kind of a, like a mic, what I consider a, a micro flow state, right? It's a micro, my brain's out of the way, I'm not thinking about the shot anymore, I'm not thinking about the shot, I'm just doing my process and everything breaks clean. And that's, that's the shot we're looking for every season, right? Every, and, and we want to take that shot and apply it to later on when it's that, that, that animal in front of us, right? Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that, that um, I work so hard to keep in the present moment. Uh, you know, I don't really think much about the flow state. I just try to be present, which puts me into that flow state. But yeah, I like exactly. that uh, micro yep. flow. Yeah, when shooting your bow, you know, when shooting my bow, yeah, I'm so present. But see, this is a difficult thing that I that I struggle with is is flow state in the mountains while hunting elk or while hunting mule deer is reacting to that situation and making these decisions in real time that are really quick and not like outthinking myself or overthinking myself but when i get to that shot it seems like i can't go into autopilot i can't go and just not think about my shot sequence or executing a good shot or my brain will revert back to this uh, put the pin on them and, and go now, you know, and which is right. horrible for my execution. So over the years, I've noticed that I have to be present in my shot and being present in my shot is to think about, you know, one of the major things in my execution or to have this sequence that I think through. And so, you know, when I'm going to take my shot, I actually have to snap out of the reaction phase and go, okay, Brian, 
execute this shot. Like I have to tell myself that when I'm drawing back my bow or the minute my, my pin settles, it's like, okay, here we go and pull, pull, pull. And I'll actually talk myself through that shot. Yep. And by doing that, you know, that I stay present in my shot sequence and I don't shortcut anything or I don't like get cross wired in my shot where my pin just goes to the body and, and my brain just goes now and I execute, yeah. which are not accurate shots for me. And so like over the, the past, you know, I mean, it's been a lifetime of work and I can just think back of the last four or five seasons. It's like, man, I just stay present in every shot and execute like that seems to really help me. What do you what do you think about that or how do you execute on animals or what's your process like to make sure that you're accurate? I think I think you. I mean, I'm in, I'm in the same boat, Brian. You know, that's why, you know, I, I have to shoot the release that I shoot. I, I would love, I shoot a hinge and I would love to go back to a thumb button for a number of reasons. But, but the problem with me is, is as soon as I know that button's there, it, it, it's, it, and I can shoot on targets all day long and execute great shots with the thumb button. But as soon as I know that, that animal's there, it's the same thing. It's that, that pin, that pin gets on that animal and it's like, let it go, you know, here, get, get it down there. That shot's got to go. So I have to go through the process of understanding, working myself through that shot with that, with that style of really the hinge because it slows me down and, and you're a hundred percent right. It's, it's about being in that present moment. And that's part of, you know, that's part of that flow state too is, is being in that present moment. Um, I know I've had shots on animals where I drew that bow back, animal had no idea it was there, and I'm already thinking about the trophy pictures and the pack out, right? And, you know, I'm not present in that that exact moment. I'm not, the mantra I think is a big, big thing that uh, that's helped me um, is just, I, I got, I, I was told one time um, by by a, a good friend of mine who's a very successful bow hunter, um, and he said, you know, one thing we need to learn on animals is ribs and relax. And what what he meant by that, and that's kind of become my my mantra in my shot process, is you find a spot on those ribs on the animal, and you just work, you just relax and work through your shot, right? Like just just calm yourself down, ribs and relax. And, and you're, you're typically going to make a good shot. Um, but I'm with you, like breaking myself. If I went in, if I do just go into straight autopilot, um, there's a tendency for, for me to, to, to work, punch through that trigger. Whereas my other thought processes during my practice routine is to try and change that autopilot, right? It's trying to re reconfigure that autopilot. And that's part of the struggle too. in that struggle portion is reconfigure that autopilot. So that autopilot is just keep pulling through that shot. Keep, keep relaxing through that shot. Keep relaxing through that shot. And um, I know relaxing is not everybody's term when they talk about shooting, but um, it, it's kind of keep relaxing through that shot, keep working into that shot and then the shot will go, you know, I'm creating that as my autopilot versus the emergency, emergency eject button as, uh, as I like to call it, you know, is, is, is being able to, to choose that as my, my autopilot and choose that as my present moment. But again, I think you're hundred percent right is 
being present in that moment. You have to be present in that exact moment and not thinking about, oh, this animal, I got this animal. I, it's a confidence, but it's also I'm present in that that step of the process, right? Yeah, man. It's um, it's funny. It's like um, making the difference between a good shot and a bad shot for me is less than a second. It's just letting my pin float on that 100%. animal, executing a good shot. And, and it's almost like a mindset, like you, you almost get to this place, you know, we're all good enough to make a kill shot on these animals at multiple different ranges. And we practice every day and look at our groups and hardly ever is one of those arrows out of the group of a kill shot. But all of a sudden you stick a bull elk in front of you during the rut and that arrow can miss them by miles. You know, it's amazing. Yep. It's like you, you, you just, um, uh, you, you, you make your worst shots on animals, at least when you're starting out, it's like nobody's clutch at the beginning, like clutch is something you have to earn. And, and it's through building these, these shot processes. And, um, yeah, it's like making a good shot for me. I know if I execute, you know, that there's a, a pretty likely chance that animal's going to die and it's going to be put in the middle. And so like, I, it's almost like this mindset for me where I walk around saying, when I get the chance, I'm either going to execute a shot or I'm not going to shoot. It's that important to me. And, and, and we walk around and you just want to get into bow range and it's so difficult to sneak within a stone's throw of a, of a mule deer to, or to sneak into a herd of elk. And so, you know, you can work a whole season or multiple seasons to get this opportunity when you actually get a broadside animal. And getting into range is only half the battle. Like getting a shot at that animal, a good angle on them, and being able to get your bow drawn back is the other half of the battle. And so, you know, I definitely – it's so tough to get there that it's like when I do get that opportunity – I will execute correctly no matter what happens. And there's there's sometimes where maybe I would have been better if I punched the trigger, you know, because my, my, my shot or my pin's erratic and floating all over that animal. But I just know if I keep executing, you know, 99 out of 100 times, that arrow is going to find its mark on that, that critter. And so it's almost like I had to change my whole mindset where it's like no matter what, I am going to execute my shot on this animal. It's that important to me. I don't care how big he is i don't care if i kill him i will execute correctly and 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 and, you know i i would um so that's what i like change my mindset around and it's amazing how many animals start dying it's amazing how clutch you get when you stay present you execute and man it's just like these small little clicks in your brain of just like execute correctly when i'm drawn back and then i go through my steps and then pull 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 as that pin floats and that arrow hits its mark. And on animals, hardly ever are you waiting for a shot to break. Like that shot breaks really quick when you're shooting at animals. <laughs> you know, it's like if you execute correctly, it's not like you're sitting back there for three to five seconds waiting for the shot to break. It's like my pin settles, floats a little bit too much, and then slows down and settles a little bit slower, and then the shot breaks. But, um, yeah, I think really getting control of that, it's like so tough to do. And it kills us as bow hunters. Like, you know, it's like I started out with the trigger and everything went good. I was making good shots because you trigger now and the pins, you know, where you want it. But that's when you start to develop these issues. But, man, shooting at an animal is so difficult that it's like you you not only do you work at practice year round, it's like you really want to work on your mindset 
in those situations and prepare yourself for those situations. And when you're on a hunt, be thinking about those situations. So when you draw back, that's all you can think about is, okay, I got to execute. And then it, it seems like those animals die. Yeah. I, I mean, like you said, to start that is, is we, we as bow hunters, or at least me and, and you'd said it too, is, is that it's, it's, it's really a matter of, of one second, right? Punching that trigger. We always, we always think we have less time than we do. You know, when that, when that animal presents an opportunity, oh, I have to go now, 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 when now, now, now versus taking the time to make a correct shot is really a second or less of difference, right? We're, we're not, we have more time than we ever think we do. And we think, oh, I can't work through the shop. I really got to, I got to punch this shot off or I got to get this shot off. And and you really don't um, in a lot of situations, right? It, you really do have the time to make the correct work through the shot as you always do. You've always been practicing. Um, we always have more time than we think we do uh, in those situations. So it's, it, it's a lot of that mindset that you talk about. It's, we always, when I worked at the shop, it was always a, it was always kind of a, you know, kind of the, the running theme is, once you get to a, a certain level of shooting from a physical side, right, understanding the the, physic, the physics and, and shooting a bow and, and the correct form and or or your correct form and what works for you, then the most the most important six inches archery is between our ears at that point, right? It, it's that mind and how how that mind works and our mindset going into that going into that process or going into that shot. Um, but also goes down, you know, it, it, you bring up a good point there is, is, is practice and what does your practice look like? What, what, where, where's your mind when you're practicing? You know, I see a lot of people who shoot a lot of arrows, but they're not effective arrows as far as from a practice standpoint. Um, you know, they're just going through the motions. They don't, they're not using that mindset on in now and in, in March, you know, they're not using that mindset now to, they're not using the mindset through the summer that they're going to use. That's going to potentially happen in the fall, right? It's, it's, Oh, I'm just going to go shoot a few arrows and they're just getting arrows down range, which is beneficial to a point. Um, but you have to, you know, I try to go into every, every time I pick up my bow and go through, a, a practice session or, or to shoot my bow, I'm trying to go into it with the mindset of there's an animal in front of me at all times, right? Like that, that's kind of the mindset I'm trying to work through so that my mind is prepared for that situation. My mind is ready for that situation when it does arise. Um, and, and that's kind of, I mean, look at, you look at a guy like, Look, look at a guy like Levi Morgan. He's shot in so many high-pressure situations in tournaments that, that, that the hunting side for him, he makes some incredible shots and, and incredibly accurate shots in those high-pressure animal situations because he's shot with lots of money on the line, lots of, lots of things on the line. He's shot under those pressure situations for so long that he doesn't get rattled when it comes down to an animal, you know, and, and that pressure – or, or so 
trying to almost create some pressure on yourself when you're practicing um, is very beneficial in my mind as far as when it comes down to the end results. Yeah, it's like um, practicing um, that execution. So it's like anytime you get pressure on you or you want to do good, the pin doesn't settle the same, you know. It it, it doesn't mm-hmm. execute like being alone in your backyard or alone in your garage shooting. It's like different, right? And so right. Like, like putting that pressure on yourself through shooting 3Ds, shooting with buddies, shooting indoor, like whatever it is – um, you know, it puts pressure on you. And when that pressure gets on you, all of a sudden that, that, that sneaky little target punch will get you because that pin will sit right where you want it and you want it to go now. And it's easy to shortcut the process and maybe shortcutting the process gives you one good arrow, but eventually it's going to all fall apart and the wheels are going to come off, you know? And so this is practice to, to execute correctly. And, and if you can execute correctly during these high pressure situations through your practice, you know, is when you get with buddies or when you get, you know, like, um, shooting in front of the guys at the Western hunting summer, whatever the case is, that's where I really practice my execution. You know, it's easy to shortcut the process there because you're nervous. The pin doesn't settle the same. You want to do good. You want to make a good shot. Um, and it's easy to fall apart. And so, yeah, I use that as training to be clutch, you know, to no matter what the situation, I'm going to let the pin float. I'm going to pull, pull, pull. The shot's going to break and it's going to go where it's going to go. And I don't care, you know, it, it can fall apart on me as long as I execute correctly, you know, which it usually doesn't. That pin, the the arrow ends up in the middle, you know, the, I end up making good shots by practicing that. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's important to practice intentionally. And, uh, when you go out, uh, it's easy to go into autopilot and just whip arrows down range, but it's an opportunity to practice your execution. And then anytime you get a chance, three D's on the line leagues with buddies shooting for dollars, whatever the case is like that little bit of pressure is a step closer to animals. And now, you know, I've seen um, target archers, um, you know, they usually transition into pretty good shots on big game animals. But I've also seen that those guys have to make that transition as well, that it's not a given just because they can shoot in those high-pressure situations that they're, they're going to execute on an animal. And I've seen those guys crumble as well, that win tournaments yeah. and shoot under that high pressure. And all of a sudden you stick a four-point buck in front of them and they airball it, you know, even though they're a great shot. You know, so the next level of hunting is being able to make your the best shot you can on the critters you're shooting at. Like your skill set of shooting a bow and being really good at it, you have to transition that skill sh- uh, that skill set into one arrow in the field at that trophy buck or trophy trophy bull. And man, that's like that's like the definition of being clutch. And that's what um, that's the difficulty in bow hunting. That's what separates the the mediocre bow hunters from the really good bow hunters but it's not something that's just given at birth or it's not something that comes natural at least in my experience and all my buddies experience man it's like something you really have to work at and it's going to take you to the depths of uh of the lows of bow hunting that you can get to to be able to understand it and get there like man it cuts deep it hurts to have your your dream buck or your dream bull in front of you and have you duff it and miss that thing, man. It's like the worst feeling on planet Earth. But I try to use that and harness that 
to to find redemption and go, man, the next time I am going to execute correctly. But I think everybody has to go through this process. You know, it's like this learning process of becoming a proficient and consistently successful bow hunter is like being able to harness that and being able to execute or make your best shot on critters. And that's what I'm working tirelessly on is to, to try to make that, that good execution on critters. And the other thing I, you know, it definitely gets easier as time goes on and you harvest more animals. Like a lot of the pressure comes off and you realize that, that the fun is in the journey and the fun is in working hard at, at all these different facets like you do fall in love with the processes like you were saying earlier and the fun is really in the journey of trying to kill a big buck or a big bull and when it all comes together man it feels amazing but the the more you get under the belt just the more confident you get the more you execute quality shots on animals like the more confidence you get and, and so it's like really working towards that and I also find myself as just getting more patient like patience kills the buck and the bull man it's like I see inexperienced archers and when they get into bow range they'll make a big move to draw their bow or a big move to draw their bow and walk around the tree or walk around the bush man it's like the the closer I get the stealthier I get and the more comfortable I get in bow range of letting animals move around me and not moving quick or waiting till their heads down till I draw my bow like keeping that element of surprise and and I've noticed that I just let things develop and I'm way more patient in bow range and if it doesn't come together fine I'll chase them over the next hill because I didn't let them know I'm here so I just don't get to a lot of those make or break moments I mean sometimes a deer picks me up and it's now or never but for the most part like I try to get real comfortable in close and just let those things develop and I, I think those are you know that along with execution like there's um, you know, I think these are the tools or these are the things that you have to strive for when you want to find next level success with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it brings, brings me kind of to, to some other points, you know, and, and again, in a couple of obviously things outside of our space that I always, this human performance that I try and tie into, you know, what, what our passions are, what my passion is in this bow hunting. And it's, it's going back to that being present. Well, if we get so focused on the outcome, if we get, so if we're, if we get any focus on the outcome, the result, then we're not being present in that process. Right. So in our shot process that you talked about, you go, you try to be as present as you can in that shot process. You didn't say anything about killing that animal or, or harvesting that animal. You just talked about going through your shot process and the results, the, the results speak for themselves, right? If you, if you go through your checklist and your process, thought process and you're not thinking about, hey, I have to kill this animal, that has to be the outcome of, of this process that I'm doing then you're completely right. You're not present in that shot. But if you're, if you're just present in each step of your shot and you go through your processes in that shot, the outcome typically speaks for itself. It usually comes, right? So if we get so outcome focused um, on things, then we can't be present in this current thing that we're doing and it causes us to not be as focused on, on, on the process, right? Yeah, man. 
that's um that's exactly right yeah yeah you gotta you gotta focus um you know do your job like focus on what you can control and what you can do and uh yeah the results pretty much speak for themselves after that so i like love this this vein of um uh human performance understanding the mind and the psyche and how it works and then understanding how to harness it and remembering that this journey you know it it's a long term goal like it's not something you learn on one animal one year uh it's a multi year quest to try to uh harness this and i and i don't know that it can ever be perfected but once you build your process and you hold to that uh you know the the results just start to come you start to climb that mountain over and over again and you're right you can't put too much pressure on yourself um you have to enjoy the journey like the yeah like the 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 whole fun of this deal is to be able to uh, work really hard towards our goal in the off season, and that's with training, with mind control, with shooting, like all these different facets, map research, studying. Like there's all these different skill sets that go into being successful. And so in the off season, we're working on all these, and then you know there's like this happiness or this joy that comes with like having this passion for this bow hunting and for this quest to try to top this mountain. So you're working hard on all these. But in turn, like you're enjoying this process and then the hunt, like you got to enjoy this seven days, 10 days you get on the mountain to go match wits with these animals. Like you should enjoy it along the way and ensure it takes big effort and it's not fun all the time when you're climbing or putting on these long hours or big miles, but it is, it's like that type two fun and, um, you have to embrace that and embrace how difficult it is. Like sometimes it just feels like mission impossible with my bow in my hands. Even for me that's been successful over and over again, sometimes it feels like it's never going to come together. But I've been there enough times where I just know if I keep putting forth effort, if I keep theorizing, I keep going, I keep pushing, like keep giving myself opportunities, like eventually it's going to come together, you know? And so like I have this belief in it, but it is like the joy in the process is you have to fall in love with the journey and the adventure. And, and truth is, is there's a lot of failure in bow hunting and it is going to crush you and break your heart. Like uh, for every <laughs> big buck that I've killed, there's two that have got away or that I've messed up or for every big bull that I've killed, there's two that have got away or that I've screwed up or that have winded me or like, so you got to pick yourself up from those lows as well. Uh, and just remember that, that success will come. Like if you focus on the processes and the journey and the work and the effort, like success just comes. It just starts showing up, you know? And so, um, yeah, man, that's really where it's at and where a lot of the joy comes for me. You know, and, and the other part of that, Brian, too, is, is your mentality, right? It's it, what I think I love about kind of this, this, journey that I've I've explored as far as you know our human psyche and, and, and that kind of thing is the microcosm that bow hunting is to life in general it is like you talked about you have to if you continue to do the right things and you continue to put in the work and you continue to 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 try and improve um, and you hold this positive mentality and this positive attitude, good things will happen. Success, success will come. Well, that's as true 
in life as it is in bow hunting, right? Like, like they're very transferable, that they're autonomous to each other. When, if you work hard, if you, if you enjoy the process, if you don't get too caught up in what the outcome is and, and you just keep doing the right things and you have a positive attitude, you know, good things tend to happen. And that happens both in life and in bow hunting. Like you said, it's just a matter of patience and time and, and, striking when when the time is right you know and and taking advantage of an opportunity when when one arises right so this this dichotomy of of bringing the two together that or, or how they relate to each other i think is what you know that the idea of of bow hunting what it is to me is so transferable to what life is it it it's really that's a it's a super um profound you know relationship there yeah man spot right? on. you're gonna have your downs you're gonna have your your tough times you're gonna have to climb that mountain um and you're gonna have to grind during in life too and and to get to the other side and see what's there and maybe there's something there maybe there's something not it's this this whole relationship between the two and how they're so so intertwined or so relatable to each other yeah no, you're right. It's uh, it is a microcosm of life, and once you you see the way or you see the path, whether that's success in bow hunting, uh, whether it's success in sports as a young kid, like once you see that, uh, you start to see it uh, every place in life. And, and and you're right. Like once you can start to master that. I mean, my goal was to be a good bow hunter, but all of a sudden that started to transition into being a good father, being a good dad, being good in. Right. Uh, with my construction company, being good at at writing, being good at filming or podcasting or whatever it is, and, and realizing that that none of it comes easy, and we can either be, uh, you know, our 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 own best cheerleader or our own best friend, or we can be our worst enemy. It's all inside our own brains, and you see people that have this cryptic way of thinking that are like, um. You know, where it's this victim mentality where it's always they just look at situations and it's always the world beating them up or it's always hunting won't come together for me, but it comes together for everybody else. Or, you know, it's like this victim mentality or just this cryptic way of thinking and not that it's easy. Like life is really difficult, just like bow hunting is really difficult. And in, right. and, in life and in, in bow hunting, it's full of pain and uncertainty and relentless hard work. But once you start to, to figure out that there is opportunity that I can make a better life for myself and my family that they're you know through hard work through the right mindset through uh, keeping positive like it's all achievable you know and so once you realize that and realize that man I, I'm not thinking about this correctly I'm making excuses here or you know, like, um, man, I'm not thinking about this this right. I'm thinking about, you know, I feel like everybody's after me or all these bad things happen to me. And just like switching it and the, the way you think about things and, and, and then just focusing on the things that you can focus on. Like, it's amazing where you can get the life you can build. And then like bow hunting dreams are a reality, like these things that seem so far fetched. 
you know, when I was a kid or when that I was putting in all the work towards this bow hunting and I couldn't make it come together and I couldn't execute on animals, like pretty soon that work starts to pay off and that mindset starts to pay off and start to be able to achieve these bow hunting goals I have and then uh, achieve them over and over again on tough hunts every season on, on these tough endeavors. And really it's just I've uh, built my mindset. I've built my skill set to a place. I've kept a good positive attitude and and man that it does. It's like a microcosm like you say, man, it carries over to everything in life and and all it is 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 just changing your mindset and then you're faced with these decisions every day of whether to get upset and angry or whether to to handle the situation and do the best you can and let the cards fall where they do. And so, yeah, I think we're just faced with this all the way through, and and the lessons I learn in bow hunting directly apply to the other facets of my life. That's for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's very it's very profound to me how how, how relatable. I mean, even it's like even right now, you know, in in my life, it's 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 kind of going through transitions and struggles and things like that, and it's just there's there's days that I'm you know I'll kind of have that 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 victim mentality and I check myself and I check my ego and I'm like hey just stay positive keep doing the things you're doing keep doing the right things um and good things will happen and and really translating that to the same thing with with bow hunting like like you talked about it it's keep doing you know keep getting in the cold tub every day keep going to the gym every day keep running every day keep you know, keep that positive attitude, keep shooting every day, keep that positive attitude, um, keep building yourself up and you start building this confidence and that confidence is really what is the key to, to everything, right? Bow hunting is, is all about confidence. We, if we're confident in, in what we're doing and, and the moves we're making and, and that intuition that we talk about, you know, good things are going to end up happening. And, um, it's just building that confidence. But the other thing is, is we live in such a society that's so right, everything right. We want everything right now, right? And you have to accept that the consistency over time is really the important thing, right? These the small things that you consistently do over time is really what's going to help bring the results, right? It's the consistency. It's showing up every day. It's showing up and doing it every day, whether it's small things or big things, but it's that consistency over time is what really, um, you know, reaps us results in the end. Yeah, that's exactly right. Consistency, discipline, you know, like all these practices, they add up over time. But you're right, the instant gratification of today's society, like everybody wants it right now. And you know, it's important to understand that it's a process. It's a journey. It's going to take time. And this bow hunting journey, you know, it it's tough not to compare yourself, but comparison is the thief of happiness. Like you can't oh, compare yourself, you know, to a guy like you or a guy like me that, you know, I've dedicated 25 years of my life to bow hunting. I'm a lot further down the road or down my journey than somebody's that's in their first five years of bow hunting. And I definitely think that there's, 
uh, I think there's a, a shorter path to success. And, you know, I've definitely had hard knocks over the years and it's taken me a, a while to learn lessons or to come up with these theories. But we're in the information day and age and, and with yeah. the information in these books that we're reading, uh, podcasts, like being able to understand the process and what it is. Like, um, you know, guys can definitely cut that learning curve down and get there a lot quicker than I did. That's for sure. But just remember, too, that, um, you know, you have to set goals that are achievable, uh, you know, to to your opportunities and and to what you can achieve and be happy with that. Like you can't, um, you know, it's it's uh, you can't compare yourself to everybody else out there. You have to focus on your own journey and. Uh, you know, you have to decide that it, you know, it may take me a little bit longer, or maybe I'm shooting for just a legal bull this year, you know, because those are the opportunities that I get. And through time, you improve these skill sets, you get better as a hunter, better at flow states, better at execution. Like you get to practice all these things along the way. And, and that's when the consistency starts coming in for sure. But it, it is, uh, about that, that discipline and showing up every day. And it, it doesn't have to be this huge ultra marathon effort every day is just showing up and keeping good nutrition good health good exercise shooting your bow like these things that are important to your bow hunting they have to be important every day not just during season because once you get in season that's the skill set you have you know and and if you work hard in the off season then you improve that skill set and you give yourself a better chance at success when you are on these tough hunts you know but man it's so fun it's so fun to like that we found our passion in life and something that we really want to improve at. And it just gives me such purpose as I know it does you too. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and it's led me, you know, to, to a lot of these, these other, um, avenues, right? Like bow hunting is really what kind of, I've always kind of been into fitness and that kind of stuff, but bow hunting really pushed me in that direction because I knew that I needed that to help contribute to be a better bow hunter and boning. And then that pushed me down to kind of looking at human performance and looking at human at longevity too, because I want to do this for a very, very long time. So, you know, starting to look into that and how to how to keep your body in the best shape, and then that led leads you to nutrition, and so the bow hunting's kind of been this catalyst for me to lead me down all these different paths and find these these other passions that support my you know that main passion and purpose and, and idea, and um, so I'm really blessed that that that, that it's done that, um, and it really it really gets me excited and that's you know to even talk about because of what it's led to and the information and and the things i've learned and the people i've met and uh, the situations i've been in and uh you know i'm just looking at in your background like the pictures like the places and things we've seen as bow hunters that not a lot of people get to see you know sunrises on the mountain and you know sunsets in the mountain or watching an animal and how they behave and just watching that animal and and learning about, you know, learning about different things. We have to be, you know, in my in my eyes as, as a bow hunter, we have to be educated in so many different worldly aspects, right? We have to have, you know, some understanding of, of, of meteorology or weather. We have to understand, you know, winds, geography and terrain, 
animal biology, you know, fitness, shooting. We have all these different things that we have to be knowledgeable. So it gives us all these different things to explore and learn about too, which we should always be continually learning in life. And this gives us all these different platforms to learn about, you know, and, and that's another thing that that's just so profound to me is, is, is it's given me all these things to explore and learn and, and become more knowledgeable about, you know, and, and, in in most people's real world lives outside of the bow hunting world, they're they're you know novel things. They're they're you know useless knowledge, quote unquote. But in our world, it's they're they're very important, you know. Yeah, it's, it's everything to us. Um, yeah, I love how you say that. Like, um, you know, bow hunting, it's such a passion and driving force. Like, there's something in our DNA and our ancestry that's like you know the the ones that hunted. Uh, uh, you know, it's the reason for our survival is to obtain this, this meat and this creative thinking. Like there's something directly tied to our ancestry where when we get in nature and, and we're involved in the most intimate portion of nature that you can be, which is the predator prey relationship in just the wildest country, you know, in the lower 48 or in the world for that matter, like that, that country really challenges us to our core. And it, it does, it makes us want to be better at the other facets of our life that help support our bow hunting. You know, it's like all of a sudden, you know, money, yes, it pays bills and yes, it uh, affords a, a financial security. So where I get to hunt more. So, you know, it drives me in the rest of my life to make money, to be able to get into a good financial position so I can spend more time doing what I love to do, or it makes me want to be another, uh, a better husband and enrich my wife's life. So therefore she supports my passion of being out bow hunting on these adventures. And so we can almost use it as a catalyst to make a, a better life for ourselves. And it's all from this passion uh, of this bow hunting. And you're right. Like, man, we're the lucky ones. We get to go experience true adventure. Like there's, you know, once you, you know, people grow up, you get in these, these, this lifestyle of work and uh, driving your car back and forth, uh, uh, tap water coming, you know, out of the tap and, you know, life's pretty nerfed and pretty safe. And like to find true adventure where you get to go up in the mountains and test your skills and it comes down to your wood sense of keeping yourself safe and, um, and, and, and dangers in the forefront of your mind because, you know, you can die out there. If you make the wrong decisions, it directly affects your safety and your livelihood. Like it affects everything, you know? And so, um, like having that much on the line and being able to go in and go have these wild adventures, it changes you. It like gives you passion in your life and, and it gives you a zest for life or this enjoyment of life where uh, all of a sudden you get to have these extreme experiences and you crave more of these extreme experiences and you crave the difficulty and the challenge of these tough hunts to really push us to our limits physically and mentally and through that – it forces you to go back to the drawing board and work hard at these facets and work hard to have a better mindset. And in all this work on ourselves, on our mindset, on being better, like all of a sudden that just starts to translate into other facets of our life. You know, you can't help it. And so it's really like a like an absolute gift, you know, and 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 what we can do is to uh, enjoy it to the fullest and be present in those moments, like not 
be thinking about bills or problems or just be there and you are like you do get to experience incredible things out in this nature and so our job is to be present and to enjoy it you know and and to come back to life with renewed vigor which it does for me you know it's like it just makes me feel so alive that it's like I just want to want to do more of that and I know I have responsibilities and I'm a provider for my family and I also have to be there uh, to support my family and to mentor my kids and to show them you know adventure wherever they find that adventure whether it's in hunting or not but to chase their dreams and to go for it and so yeah I really come back from these hunts a changed person and so uh, that's why I'm so excited for like adventures this season uh, planning and training and and now I'm just so in love with the entire process of preparing for them uh, the anticipation of going on them and then going and really challenging myself and it like it always seems we go on these hunts they're always tougher than we can imagine. We get there and we have a plan for it. And all of a sudden we can't find bucks and we have to adapt. And we like, I crave just being in that fight of like, you know, being lost and making those decisions to go to a new spot. And nothing feels better than when you solve the puzzle and you find this epic hunting where you hear 300 bugles in a night and there's big six points racing around and just this incredible experience that. I mean, I guess some guys can pay for it to go to a, a ranch or something, but at least for me, like, there's no way that you can buy something like that. Like, it's all about creating this through hard work and through effort and figuring it out and to find this 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 special moment on on public ground where it's epic hunting and I'm chasing them around with my bow in my hands, whether it comes together or not. Man, that's living life for me. Yeah, it's uh... – you know, you touched on you touched on something there from from a book we had another book we had actually talked about um, that the comfort crisis, which I read recently, um, and it goes to that whenever I come back from you know a long backcountry adventure, whatever it may be, you know that passion for life and for just being able to go to the faucet and get a glass of water versus having to go drop a thousand feet, you know, a thousand vert to go get water and climb back out just to get water. You know, you're always, you're constantly working out there. You're constantly surviving out there. Um, and obviously technology has, has made it even easier for us, but it's still not as easy as it is back home, right? Like, everything is here everything's very comfortable everything's very you can drive somewhere to go you know you don't have to walk over there but you just have such a much i have such more appreciation when i get back from these these long adventures and these these hunts that when i get back i appreciate everything so much more in in my everyday life right and and that you know touches on a really good point of just how comfortable we are and having to make ourselves a little bit uncomfortable um, to appreciate those comforts a little bit more, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. It's um, uh, that, that, that comfort, you know, it is, um, you know, it is about like uh, uh, you enjoy it more when you come back from these adventures. It's like um, you, you you enjoy the water coming out of the tap or you, you know, and it's also like you appreciate your family when you're back there and the the, right. the love you have and the, the lifestyle you get to live. And so when you come back, you're almost 
uh, a bit of a changed person, really. And it does give you a, a bigger appreciation for the things that you have. And and um, it's true. Like, that's where we really grow is in these difficult situations. And so uh, these tough situations that we're in, like figuring those out is where you get growth. And so constantly putting ourselves in these these situations where we can grow in the uncomfortable, whether it's a long trail run, whether it's a, a tough hunt, uh, you know, whatever the case is, like this is where we're going to grow and where you start adding those layers of, of mental toughness and mental fortitude that will serve you in bow hunting and, and all of life, really. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's just that, that in trying to, I try and find that every day, right? A little bit of that every day. So, you know, yes. one thing that I've kind of incorporated, I mean, for, for guys like us, like we get so, I think we enjoy the process so much going on a long trail run, you know, going, working out and getting, working hard and sweating and the physical side of things. I think that is almost so enjoyable for us that you can't, call that part of the grind. I I mean, it is a grind, but at the same time, I think we get enjoyment out of it. So I have to find things that are more, they may not be as physically challenging, but they're more mentally challenging to, to kind of hone that grit, right? Like in the process. So, um, you know, one thing that I've really picked up in the last, you know, three months or so is, you know, I do a cold plunge or an ice bath every day. You know, because it's this thing that I don't want to do and I know what it's going to feel like and I know, but I just force myself to do it. And it's just this layer every day, this small layer every day that, that just gets built up of, of re-touching that, touching that aspect of forcing my body to do something that it, or my mind and my body to do something that it doesn't want to do, you know, whereas people are like, oh, I don't want to go on a run. Well, for me, I'm like, I want to go on a run like that. That feels good to me. Or I want to work out or I want to sweat or I need that's easy for me. That's that's for me. That's a necessity. Whereas getting in a cold, cold water every day is not something that's easy. Right. It's it's so we have to find these different avenues to to find those those little things in our processes right yeah yeah that's a really good point yeah it is um yeah we have to continually search them out like you're right like i started like running comes easy for me it's um something i enjoy and it's you know it is uh, work and I don't feel like it all the time, but for the most part, you know, it's like I right. can convince myself that this is the right move. I will feel better after I'm done. And so you're right. We have to find different avenues to really challenge ourselves. And, um, the cold plunge is a great one for me as well as like, um, you know, I hate cold water and, uh, hate getting in it. And so making myself do it, uh, you know, there's a, a, a bit of a win there, you know, a bit of a, a mental win, uh, by making myself do it and following through with it. And the same thing, like running comes really easy for me where uh, CrossFit and lifting weights does not, you know, it's like that is right. something that I don't enjoy as much of. Um, you know, I've been diligent and disciplined throughout my training to make sure I get upper body and push-ups and pull-ups. But, you know, those CrossFit workouts, if I'm being honest, are a bit of a weakness of mine. And I, you know, it's it's tough to take a hit on your ego 
uh, too, like to be so physically fit and so good in the mountains and shape my body for the mountains and to go to a CrossFit and take me to my limits or to see guys that are they're definitely way better at it than I am. Um, you know, it's like, man, this is a, this is a weakness of mine. Like, you know, I might think I'm physically fit, but there's different levels of fit. And it's like, I need to work on this as well as I do my running, uh, as well as I do my shooting, because this is a weakness. So forcing myself to do that, or like, um, you know, I, I'm still blown up from taking my daughter to the climbing gym the other day, you know, and that's a real challenge it's like um but i have to go in there and drop my ego because i know nothing about it you know that i have to start off at being the worst one in there again you know like trying to figure it out and so it's it's like cool to go there with my daughter let my ego go and we go have fun climbing and my forearms and my back are so sore because my body isn't used to that even though i've been on the pull-up bar like to go do that for two three hours and go as hard as i can go like all of a sudden I blow myself up, but I crave it. I want more of it, but we have to work. Like we don't always do these things that we're good at. We have to also do the things we're bad at. And that's good for your ego and for your mind. It's also good for your body to do these things that you're not used to doing. And so I'm the same way, man, as I, I'm like 42 and I've got like this good system to be consistently successful, but that doesn't mean that I'm resting on my laurels or resting on what I've done in the past. Like I'm always trying to get better and to achieve more and to do more like the fun for me is in the journey. And so, yeah, I'm searching out these difficult things that I'm not good at, these difficult things that I have to really work at or like swimming's another one. Like I know how to swim, but Dude, I just muscle my way through it through oh the years, God. you know? I'm yeah. horrible. Like, my my wife has such good technique and just glides through the water where, man, I just splash my way around, and I have to work so hard, and my heart gets beating so quick. So this is like a glaring weakness that I can work on, and swimming is great, like, low-impact exercise. So, you know, this is something where I need to uh, – Drop my ego, show up and be the worst one in the lanes, you know, look like an idiot for a while, but eventually I'll get better at it and it'll be good for me. And so, yeah, we have to search out these things that we're not good at for sure. Yeah, it's a couple. I mean, you bring up a a plethora of good points in that, Um, you know, I'm so recently I I was uh, I'm going to start doing some work with uh a company, a gun accessory company, and uh, some guys I'd met through the archery shop, and and you know they're 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 more on the tactical side of things. Well, I'm not a I'm not a gun guy as far as like I don't own a lot of guns. Bow hunting is is my thing. I I don't even own a hunting rifle. I do everything with my bow as much as possible. But these guys, you know, are wanting to teach me, you know, how to how to handle you know, a carbine and how to handle a pistol better and do some work with them for, you know, some camps and stuff that they're doing and and kind of help on their hunting side of stuff. But, but they're talking and I'm completely new to, you know, really handling those weapons. Obviously I've shot, shot them and I'm comfortable, fairly comfortable around them, but this has been a whole new process too is, is, you know, they just send empty weapons home with me and they're like, Hey, just play with these, learn how to handle these, those kind of things. I'm completely new to it. It's a new foreign thing to me. And, you know, having to learn it and, and having these nerves, I'm going to be around all these seasoned guys that have, you know, seen battle and, and use, use these things in life or death situations. And, and I'm nervous about it, but it's a, it's a really good feeling because it's like, I haven't been 
new in something like that for a very long time. And so it's really in- interesting, you know, going back to the basics of, of practicing things with that. But I also take that and it's interesting what I've taken from that and I can apply it back to bow hunting because it's a lot of times we forget the basics like handling your bow on the range as far as not from a safety aspect, but just from how you handle your bow every day on the range, how you load an arrow, how you how you do these things is going to translate to how you do it in the field. So taking that step back and being like, oh, the basics of how do I maneuver my bow or, or how do I, you know, making that an extension of yourself too, um, you know, I, I try and translate them. Maybe I stretch things and translate them and make connections, you know, that maybe not aren't there, but they are for me. But I've actually taken this time learning how to handle these these weapons and translated back to to my bow and said, okay, need to think about when you're on the range. Hey, I don't just grab an you know usually you just grab an arrow, load it on, knock it. You see a lot of guys how they handle their bow, how how they knock an arrow or, or whatever. And it's like, well, I need to go kind of rethink that because I need to make sure that I'm being conscious of that when I'm just practicing on the range, how I'm loading an arrow, how I'm grabbing that second arrow, that second shot. I mean, for instance, my Ram, I had practiced, you know, loading that second shot just for habit and I missed him on the first one. It took me that second shot, but the fact that I naturally executed the first shot, realized I missed, and then, and before I knew it, I had another arrow loaded and I was back on the string, that killed that ram for me. So it, it's it's doing these little things. It, it brought me back to learning something new, brought me back to the basics of something I already know and refining and revisiting those basics to improve that as well, right? There's this cross-translations, this cross translations, this autonomy between the things that it's really been cool to see too, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, it's like how you draw your bow in practice. Like if you draw oh, it quick or That's there's a, a lot of movement, too, right? like gosh, you yep. you just – and then you go to draw on an animal and you have to draw as slow as the hands of the clock with your pin on them, like trying to move slow. But if you haven't practiced that, it doesn't come natural, you know? And so yeah. – yeah, you that that's um so good. I do find translation and so much of life that goes back to bow hunting that helps improve it. And that's it's like um fly fishing lately. Like I you know if I'm not in the mountains, I'm usually on the rivers with a fly rod. But I see so much uh so many connections from it. You know, like it's public water, it's high pressure. You have to read water. It's nature. You have to time it right. You have to be fishing and doing everything correctly all the time. You have to believe. Uh, you know, there's just so much of it that's like real similar to, to bow hunting. And it's one of the reasons why I absolutely love it, you know. But yeah, I'm the same way as I find a lot of translation like from bow hunting from other things. And it'll teach you about bow hunting. And it is tough when we've been doing it for so long that it becomes second nature in our habits. You know, we almost stop thinking about them as much. And um, you write these these new these new things that we take on, like being able to drop our ego, being able to be a beginner and ask questions. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't feel good. Sometimes you feel like an idiot. You just don't know about it, but this is part of the process and you have to embrace it, like embrace the learning. And I think there's, it's like really fun to take on some of these new challenges and new things. So no matter where you're at in life, like I know, you know, yoga and stretching has like really helped me, 
my physical fitness, you know, and so yeah. like taking this on and being a, an unflexible idiot at first is like part of the process, <laughs> you know, like uh, I, I think um, swallowing that ego, asking questions, like just dropping that that ego, which it's we all have some sort of ego involved, but just being able to drop that and take on these new challenges or like um, – and just these difficult situations, embrace them and try to perform. And yeah, same thing for me, whether it's public speaking or whether, you know, I just got back from Eastman's a bunch of boardroom meetings and speaking in front of people that you're unfamiliar with. And, um, you know, it is, um, you know, you put in the work and have confidence in yourself and then you get in these situations and yeah, you might be a little nervous or there may be a little anxiety there, but you just embrace it and do the best job you can and let the cards fall where they do. But yeah, it's like all these lessons, they, they teach us about life, which also apply to our bow hunting, which is, uh, again, it's just so cool that we have a passion like this, that we, that we think about all the time that really drives us. Yeah. It goes, you know, goes back to that flow state, right? There's that struggle, there's that struggle. There's that struggle section where we're, we we struggle to learn, and that risk section. You know, there ha, there has to be some sort of risk, and we have to be, you know, pushing ourselves to. When they talk about the book, four percent over what we think, four to ten percent of over what we think we're capable of in those situations. Which I don't know how you measure that, but you just have to. My my thousand foot view is just have to make yourself a little bit uncomfortable in those situations, but. It's interesting you bring up, you know, yoga and, and, and doing something like that and going back to kind of the fitness idea of things of, you know, the other thing that I've kind of explored too or is, is longevity, right? Like I have done CrossFit. I've been in the CrossFit space for, for a very long time, but I also have to start thinking about my longevity and yoga and swimming and doing these things that, that, that I haven't spent a lot of time doing and I'm not very good at. I've, I've become a much higher priority than going to the CrossFit gym every day or, you know, adjusting my, my workouts because as we get older, our bodies start to break down. You can't constantly keep beating up our bodies like that. And, you know, it, it's things like that we have to think about too for that human performance and longevity. Um, is is transitioning to new things that that we that maybe we haven't done or we don't know a lot about right so yeah it's such a I, huge I like piece. yoga yoga is a really interesting thing for me because i think it translates again you know to bow hunting so well how many times have you been on a stock and got stuck in a position that was not a very comfortable position yeah, you know million had times to, had to freeze in a position and you're like i this this isn't my normal squat position in the CrossFit gym. This isn't this isn't a any position that I'm used to being in. And you start doing shaking and and the, you're shaking everything around you because you're just you know because you you haven't been in that position. And and yoga is one of those that puts you in those those awkward positions to to create strength and stabilizer muscles and things like that that. It translates so well to those particular situations. 
Yeah. Well, and flexibility is such a key element to human strength. It's like, man, I had a ton of human strength, but I wasn't flexible. And so I'd pull my back out when I was twisting or in an awkward position on a ladder or lifting in an awkward position. Even though I had strength, I didn't have the flexibility. And when I added the flexibility, it just made me more complete where I can do those lifts in awkward positions. And I, I don't pull out my back and you're right. Like it applies to bow hunting so well. Um, stuck in those positions and then one of the most difficult things or the the most exhausted i've been is when you have to move slow all day long when you have to move at a snail's pace like stalking animals at a slow pace is extremely difficult and and being flexible and like you say having those stabilization muscles allows you to move slowly uh a lot more easily or it comes more natural uh, and, and that's really tough to do. And I know, you know, my man stretches or yoga or whatever you call it, it definitely helped with that, with my stalking abilities too. And so there's these things outside the box and, um, that, that really help in human performance. And, and you're right. It does change over time. Like I think, you know, it's, uh, uh, being able to adapt it, like you're adapting it and, and adapting it for longevity, um, you know, I, I think that's such an important piece of it, you know, is that I don't want to just get old. Like I want to like, like for me, it's not how long I live. It's how long I can live the life I want to live, you know? And so it oh, is like, that, that is a hundred percent true. Yeah. If I can't enjoy it, well, like, it's like if I can't enjoy life and enjoy the things around me, like, um, you know, it's like, um, uh, what's the point, you know? And so like right. it is longevity and trying to do this and, and that's where we're fortunate is that, you know, our sport or our endeavor that we've chosen this backcountry hunting that we can still do it. Like there, there isn't a limitation on it as long as we keep working on ourselves and working on our human performance and the body adapts to the stress we put on it, you know? And so, you know, when you're constantly stressing your body, it adapts to it. And so you, you just don't lose as much when you, when you start working at it. And the older we get, the harder we have to work to keep good nutrition, good fitness level. So we can keep enjoying the mountains that we love. And, uh, I just thought that was a great point, how you're able to adapt your training, uh, you know, more towards longevity and, um, still doing CrossFit and doing those workouts, but also adding other workouts that are lower impact. So your body can recover better, man. I think that's so important moving forward. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's led, you know, all this has led me down a lot of different paths too, from, from that aspect, um, from footwear to foot strength and how important that is to us. Um, all these different things, but you brought you said a really, really profound point there about, and I read this in one, in one of the books and I think it was the comfort crisis. They talk about people are living longer now, but they're living healthier, shorter. So, so the living longer, but the, the unhealthy or the, the, kind of they're more miserable the longer they live they're living in 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 you know unhealthy situations where the health lifespan of somebody is actually shorter than it used to be when our lifespan was shorter you know and and that to your point you want to i mean i want to live for as long as i can healthily do the things i want to do you know i don't want to I don't want to be bedridden for for the last 20 years of my life. I don't want to be not able to do the things that keep me alive, that keep give me passion, that give me purpose. Um, 
and those things may adapt as I get older, but I still want to be able to, I'm a physical person. I'm sure they're going to be physical things, um, whatever they may be. And I want to do them as long as I possibly can. Um, and that's part of that too, right? Man, that's exactly it. Yep. Um, want to be able to do them for as long as I can longevity. And then also it's, um, it's about enjoying life right now. It's like so many times we put this carrot in front of the end of our nose that, you know, finally, when I get this, I'll be happy. Finally, when I kill a big bull, I'll be happy or put this carrot like finally, when I'm financially secure, I'll be happy. Or finally, when I'm able to retire from this job or I'm able to change jobs or I'm able to make X amount of money or I'm able to have a house and a truck, I'll be happy. And, and really, you get those things and then you find that that doesn't bring happiness. That, that happiness is in the journey and it's found every day. So as much as I want longevity, I know, you know, you, you hedge your bets, you take the best care of yourself as you can, you look out for your longevity so you can keep doing the things you love to do, but it also is about enjoying right now, like making the most of your life right now. It's like these goals to go hunt these places 10 years down the road, five years down the road, it might not happen. And you do have to plan for the future, but in the same breath, it's like, man, I'm going to live this season to the fullest. Like I have responsibilities. I have to provide. Yes, I have a job. I've got to work. But in that same breath, like I am going to get the most out of this season. I am going to work my butt off to, to be at my very best. And when I get to this hunting season, I'm going to be present in those moments. I'm going to enjoy them to the fullest because you never know when your time on planet Earth will be over. And we, we do get one chance at this life, and you hear that said, and it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. But when you really think about it, like, you know, you get your life to live in your own skin. Don't fret over uh, trying to be somebody else or trying to be something you're not. Just try to get the most out of your life. And when you get the most out of your life and you're happy, then you can enrich the people's lives around you and make them happier. But if you're not happy, you can't do that. You right. can't enrich people's lives if you're not happy yourself. And so really working towards this personal happiness for right now, not next year, not five years, not 10 years, like right now, I'm trying to be happy and fulfilled and enjoy my life. And yeah, I realize that there's others out there with more than I have, but I'm not concerned about it. I have everything that I need and I don't need this this luxury lifestyle or I don't need to go on these giant doll sheep hunts and grizzly bear hunts and no no shade to anybody that does those are amazing adventures and for a long time those drove me but i just realized like you know i would rather be a blue collar bow hunter that gets to enjoy 10 mule deer hunts with my bow than one doll sheep experience now everybody's different in their goals and ambitions and dreams mm -hmm. and like i say no shade to anybody that does want to hunt them but for me it's like, man, I'm just really focused on this hunting season and today and getting the most out of this life and the most enjoyment I can and trying to be happy so I can enrich my family's life and my friends' lives and uh, try to laugh and, um, you know, let go of this, let go of this ego or let go of this uh, what everybody thinks about me or everybody else's perception. Like it's it's tough to not care what people think. But when you carry your life and you, you carry your life in the right way and do the right things and you're happy with your life, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people – you know, people judge me for years because – 
you know, they thought I, I hunted too much or saw all these adventures I went on and they would pass judgment that I'm a bad husband or a bad father because I hunt so much. Like, how has he gone this much or misses this game or misses this? But they don't understand that when I'm here, I'm present with my family and, right, and making right. the most and trying to give them good advice and showing them about adventure in this different life. So it's like the only person that has to worry about my life is me. You know, it's like nobody else cares for you. Like, I mean, people care about me. Don't get me wrong. But you really have to look out for yourself in this life and your own happiness and make moves towards that. And I'm not, you know, it's it's not about being so selfish that you ruin every relationship you have. But you do have to be selfish with what you enjoy to do and your time and the things that you love. And so you have to structure your life around those Um but yeah, anyways, just some just some thoughts on on being happy and finding purpose in life. But man, dude, I've held you up for a long time. I I just got to get you back on the podcast again, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could we could keep going. I know we could, Brian, but uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we both have things things to do. Um, but that just leads us in we can you know, it's it's one of those things when you're having fun, that's when you stop because then you hit, you know, Again, going back to that flow state, it talks about, you know, if you're really into something or you're really onto something, stop right there. I mean, there's famous writers would stop in the middle of a, of a, a chapter that they were writing that was really, really good. They'd stop so they knew they had something to come back to. So maybe that's where that's where we leave it here and, and then we come back to, to some more because I know we could keep going and I don't want to exhaust it all in one and, and – and, keep moving yeah like you say i could be on here forever talking to you Braden. i i really appreciate your friendship and insight and uh so similar in our thought patterns and uh what we want to achieve and get out of life so man it's so fun to compare notes and i know you know you're constantly reading constantly working on yourself constantly trying to take in that knowledge and then harness it into your own hunting so i think it's just such an an asset for my listeners like to be able to sit and have these in-depth conversations so man i just um i really appreciate you i really appreciate your time i burned up more than an hour and 20 minutes of your time this morning but i no, really I, enjoyed I, it, it man it's never burned up with you brian it's never burned up with you so but uh yeah i really appreciate you having me on and uh let, let's do it again i'm going to uh I'm going to try and get the book that you uh you'd sent me over a book to uh yeah the power of one or the, the power, power of one, of one war. war. Yeah. The power of one war. Mm-hmm. Ammo. Uh, that's that's next on my list. So I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna dive into that one and uh, maybe we can talk about that one a little bit next time, or I'll bring some bring some more input I got from that one as well. Yeah, yeah. I love this the the reading. I love finding motivation and I love human performance, which I know you do too. So what were the other couple books that you mentioned just for guys? So uh, the comfort crisis was was a really good one. I I enjoyed. I like that um, one too. That one's been out for a while. Uh, the art of impossible. I need to read uh, that which one. Which is which is the one I just finished. Um, and he's also got another one called the Making Superman. I believe is what it's called. Uh, which is another kind of flow state uh, flow state book. I haven't read that one yet, but that's that's on my list as well. I love the Goggins um, books too. They're so good. The both Goggins, of them are just Goggins amazing. Are, Goggins books are always good as mindset kind of things. Um, Atomic Habits is another one that uh, that's been out for a while, but that's a that's another really good one as far as 
creating daily habits and discipline and, and things like that to, to kind of touches on a lot of that stuff. So. Mm, man, that's so good. I think this is great to like recommend some good reading for uh, just mindset and human performance. So yeah, man, I uh, uh, really appreciate the recommendations. I'm definitely going to dive into a couple of those books and uh, yeah, let's get on in a month again and we'll um, take off. Uh, we'll uh, take off from where we left off on this conversation. Like you said, Sounds good to me, buddy. All right. Take care. All right. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. You too. All right. That's a wrap, guys. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Thanks for the reviews, support on Instagram. I really appreciate it. And, um, man, thanks to uh, Braden for such a good podcast and insight. Uh, I definitely like that human performance genre. Like it's what I like to listen to, like to read and things. And uh, so I really appreciate some of his suggestions. So uh, with that, that's the podcast. Make sure to go check out our sponsors for today's show. Check out Cryptech. Uh, great gear. Have a brand new website put together. Go check it out. Just great gear system for all the way from early season to late season. And then that great camo pattern, obscure transitional. Also, make sure to check out Cutter Stabilizers, great carbon fiber stabilizers built super stout. They also have a sidebar mount and then have the one-ounce weight so you can really adjust the hold and reaction of your bow. Check out Black Ovis Internet Retail Shop and also Camo Fire. So thanks to those guys. Uh, go check out uh, Dan and I's podcast. should be released tomorrow. You can search Eastman's Bow Hunting Journal podcast and uh, should be available as long as I can get everything loaded up. So there'll be four episodes on there for you. And, um, yeah, just like really like the cohesiveness and um, really like um, uh, just the, the chemistry between us makes for a great conversation, great podcast where we can dive a little bit further in depth in some of these subjects. Uh, so there's a subject on gear in there, uh, a subject on... Uh, timing and planning your hunts and strategy and some of these units and what we're looking for out west. Uh, there'll be an episode um, all about. Let's see what was the last? There's some bear season, um, some some bear tactics in there. International travel in there. Uh, just a a bunch of, of good insight. And as we get discussing things. Like uh, it, it just pops up where there's a, a, a good tidbit of information that I'm sure you guys can use in future hunts. So make sure to go check that out. Uh, check out uh, everything we do over at Eastman's. And um, man, as far as me, just um, been bear hunting a bit here. It's finally starting to get right. Seeing a couple around and then um, grass is starting to get ready. So yeah, just making some good hikes around. I haven't found any giant boars or got any plays on any yet, but it's um, just turning on now. So for the next month or so, it should be really good hunting. So just stoked to get out with my bow and go chase them around. I did have one um, backpacking trip that was a couple days. It was pretty fun and uh, looking forward to doing more of that. So just trying to get my work done here and make it out bear hunting a bit. And I'm um, starting to put together my fall season, which is super exciting. So um, hope you guys are drawing some tags or putting together hunting season as well. I haven't drawn too much, uh, but I've been able to pick up some tags here and there and, and uh, kind of fill out my season and get things planned. And then waiting on a couple more drawings to come out. Uh, I saw that I blanked in the um, sheep and goat department in Montana. So to my buddy Dan, he blanked in moose, sheep and goat. I haven't heard of anybody that's drawn yet, but sure is an awesome opportunity and I had that opportunity on 
excuse me, on Moose last year, so I uh, really can't complain too much. But, um, yeah, we'll see if I can get lucky here in the last couple drawings, uh, finish out, start planning my fall. So it should be exciting. So with that, thanks a bunch, you guys, for the support. Again, thanks for the reviews on iTunes. Really helps with the algorithm and passing this on to your friends. Uh, tagging us in posts, like all that stuff helps to get the word out about the podcast. So I really appreciate that. And, um, man, with that, I'll check in with you guys next week.